Going live in five, four, three, two, jabba, jabba, dabba, dabba, do. We're live, finally. All right, all right. Sorry, ladies and gents, we actually were uh, fixing out some kinks. Apparently, the capture card didn't want to work for 10 minutes, or by 10 minutes, I mean two hours. Like, we restarted the computer, and uh, that's how we got it to work. It is so hot yeah. in here right now. Holy smokes. Yeah, make sure you drink some water, or as I like hey, to call I it, got, your moonshine. I yeah, I got my I got my moonshine right here, um, and uh, <laughs> you know, nice H two O that we're pretending is being transmuted into a moonshine right before our eyes here, because it's all about the magic uh, here. Yeah, so it's all about the magic. Yeah, exactly. Yes. <laughs> yes, it did, Nova. It did that the last time. <laughs> like, it did that the last time, too, by the way. Uh, if you guys uh, would just, like, imagine for a minute that my tripod is literally one of those little dinner tables. Like, it's one of those dinner tables. And uh, it's got a, uh, a little office drawer uh, set. Uh, and then it's got two Nintendo Classics. And then it's got quarters. And then the actual GoPro three-way tripod with the GoPro sitting on top with a uh, surge protector mounted on the side. So we, we made it work. Welcome to our new studio mm -hmm. here in my yeah. apartment, basically, because I had to move it this week. But it's moved. We have the Black Lotus. Uh, we have Dope Candle. Less Glare. Uh, less Glare. Uh, moonshine. Moon, moonshine. Nice. Okay. And uh, the microphone isn't exactly getting in the way of the whiteboard entirely, but, you know, that's what we're trying to do. Uh, so, uh, can uh, anyone, can you, uh, can we, like, hear me? Uh, like, I think so. Cool. Can anyone hear me? Yeah. Uh, well, you know what? If they can't hear me, I'm okay with that. So... Let's let's yeah. Uh, let's just uh, let's mime a stream out. I reckon exactly. that'd be pretty fun. Although it's going to be pretty hard for me to mime without a camera. But you know, yeah. we've got to do what we've got to do. Well, I'll I do mean, it on a jab. Oh. This this audience for almost a year has been like very used to visualizing you, and uh, you know, uh -huh. so it was it yeah, Philip I... DeFranco coming. You know what? <laughs> we should. <laughs> We should do a competition of like people drawing me, and whoever gets closest wins. <laughs> that would be awesome. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. All right, Jab. So uh, let's get in our uh, Gundams right now and see this all the way through. Um, right, right, right. So we're gonna start with the. Uh, all right, actually, let, let's uh, remind the audience of the uh, platform here or the uh, hashtag format. So. Uh, since we have like Patreon now, platinum members get first dibs on questions. Okay, then we Absolutely. have silver members; they get second dibs, and then we have the YouTube super chat uh, because we're very coin operated. Uh, Jab's new coin slot has uh, has been working great. Uh, I think we're going to start upgrading that with a tattoo with credit card information. Uh, uh huh. You know, uh, specifically located. I know exactly of the slot. Yeah. Yep, there we go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and then after that, uh, Discord Q&A questions. And then if we have time, we'll get to YouTube chat questions. That is the format uh, for us tonight, uh, which we will be doing. 
And uh, and don't worry, I literally ordered an actual tripod, so it's not going to be as cancerous as it uh, has been. Uh, so we'll figure that out. A literal tripod. Yeah. A literal, actual tripod, yes. Uh, thank you, Vexel, for your uh, suggestion on that. And uh, not, not a metaphoric or a metaphysical one, a literal one. A literal one, yes. Yes, an actual tripod. Uh, now, uh, the lighting in here is terrible, but you know what? When you're living in a, an expensive one-bedroom apartment in the Bay Area, California, it's really hard to get square footage around here. So I'm doing mm -hmm. my best uh, with what I got. And uh, also, like, my apartment's one of the very few of them that actually have air conditioning. So I kind of, like, lucked out on this one. So it's mm -hmm. uh, pretty nice. Of course, anyone who lives yeah. in the Bay Area would argue that you don't need it. So anyway, uh, let's, uh, let's get the show on the road, Jab. Uh, what's the first Platinum question uh, for this evening? Ooh, yes, with the Platinum q and I'm guessing we've got Mr. Periani again. He... Uh gave us a nice infographic which you will be bringing up on your screen shortly is that his like first question there isn't any other questions he asked is that literally his first question yeah. or his only oh question? okay yeah, yeah that's the last question so let's go with the ones before that yeah who cares so let's um for both chase and jab yeah what questions about type you want to find the answers to so what questions to type do we not know that we want to find the answers to Oh, wow. Um, I would say for me, uh, being able to predict types of children, or at least quadras of children, as a result of the pairing of their parents, uh, as, uh, and filtered out by birth order. That would probably mm -hmm. be my thing. Of course, if that happens, then obviously the whole world's going to start developing mental eugenics programs and potentially identifying quadras that could threaten the system and then subtly making those children disappear because right. why not live in a society where certain co forms of cognition are filtered out in order to keep the masses under control? I mean, if I was someone who was uh, secretly running the world from a totalitarian mindset, that's what I would do, right? Right. <laughs> So. Well, I mean, like we've even seen it in the question and answer question. How can I cause my son to go towards this side of their quadro in their development? I, like, I, uh, I know. That's child abuse? It's like literally, hey, we're just going to like customize our children, you know? And I'm like, okay, right. people are already doing that. I have at it i guess if it's legal but i don't even know if it's legal and that's like way over my head right now because i'm not going to argue morals about that because i mean i don't have any uh so uh because i have ethics like i'm very ethical and i don't know exactly how ethical it is i'd have to like actually research that to have an opinion on it but i i don't um although my third most favorite film of all time is gattaca i don't know if you've ever seen that jab but uh, that's just always what I imagine happening. Okay, so Gattaca is this film with Uma Thurman and Ethan Hawke. It is the ultimate introverted intuition film other than Bradley Cooper's uh, Limitless. And if you're an NI user, which means introverted intuition is your top four functions, you have got to watch Limitless and you have got to watch Gattaca because the whole premise of both, uh, both movies is uh, where there's a will, there's a way. Although... NZT as a drug within Limitless is kind of like this deus ex machina thing, and I'm not down for deus ex machina, like, at all. Mm -hmm. uh, so technically, Gattaca's even better because it's just this guy who's, um, he's an INTJ, 
and uh, he literally infiltrates an entire society uh, and uh, gets away with everything because he's just he develops the ultimate system to help him get through a society as introvert intuition. It is amazing. Um, so yeah, uh, watch that, but it relates to Periani's question because that's the kind of society that we are risking when we come up with answers to these questions when it comes to, and then we have things called mental eugenics and mental eugenics is always something that I've been categorically against. But the thing is, you know, you kind of can't stop these things either. I mean, it's inevitable. Someone eventually is going to figure all this stuff out anyway. It doesn't matter how far ahead right. everyone else I am. And then they're just going to, you know, they're going to abuse it. Like all knowledge right. eventually gets abused. So, you know, all the benefit, but none of the responsibility. It's, it's, it's weird. I mean, we need to like teleport Uncle Ben from Spider-Man right now. And he'll give us a talking to, if you know what I mean. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, what would I want to know? Um. I mean, I would personally want some sort of, well, this is going to sound incredibly systematic of me, but some sort of well-defined structure as to how cognitive development takes place. So from a so basically perfection of this content from a neutral standpoint and mapping it out. You know. Yeah, but Vincent that's was a great character. That's probably never going to happen. Yeah. So, uh, maybe, who knows? Yeah, it's my... It I mean, was... it's too many variables. Yeah. It's like sure. a... A million D question, like yeah. a million to the power of a million. Good luck. Yeah, I'm actually going to be posting my favorite movies list on uh, the website, and I might actually do movie review episodes uh, just for the podcast. Uh, there'll be audio. Uh, but uh, again, my most favorite movie of all time, hands down, is um, um, Arrival. Uh, it's like Jeremy, Jeremy Renner in it. Uh, and it basically is expert intuition. My second most favorite movie of all time is Inc. I-N-K, uh, from 2009. Uh, also a very expert intuition film. It is exquisite. One of the best independent films I've ever seen. Uh, the Pathfinder Jacob, he's an ENTP. Love that, and it's so dope. Uh, third most favorite all time is Gattaca. Fourth most favorite all time is Limitless. Fifth most favorite all time is The Dark Knight because of Heath Ledger's chaotic evil portrayal of the Joker as an ENTP stuck in his superfluous ego. So if you like to watch movies that I like to watch, by all means, check them out and apply cognitive functions to them. I think you'd be pleasantly surprised. Um, so right. yeah, I, I think that, that qualifies enough for Periani's question. What's next, Jab? It's another Periani question. Second question, but along the same lines, if you could have any three typology questions answered by an all-knowing genie, which three questions would you ask? Well, we basically kind of already... Kind of covered that. that. I Three questions? What is your three questions? Well, you know, I gave one, you gave one. Let's do one more. All right. Um, hmm. I think it would be... Um, an entire absolute concrete understanding of the path to enlightenment and integration of all four uh -huh. sides of your mind like an actual nice how-to guide right you know right hashtag how systematic of you machina. yeah very systematic of me yeah like gotta 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 love that that deus ex machina approach you know like oh i'm just gonna pray to god and ask for a car or a girlfriend and it's like <laughs> wow you're you're terrible if you like actually do that yeah, it sounds like you should rename it deus vult machina if you know what i mean 
<laughs> People are praying to God for that stuff. Oh my God. Uh. Yeah. If you're if you're gonna spend time praying, pray for wisdom and pray for humility, and then see how your life changes. <laughs> All right. Well, All right. Uh, next question. Another question. Have you any insight into breaking down the 16 types into subtypes or flavors? Something better than Socionics or Enneagram? It's an interesting question. Say that again. Who asked that? So it's Periani again in the Platinum Q&A session. Yep. Have you any insight into breaking down the 16 types into subtypes or flavors? Something that's better than Socionics or Enneagram. So like with Enneagram with their wings and whatnot. Yes, and we are working on that. Uh, we're just uh, right now. Isn't that uh, effective? Sega. Isn't that isn't that effectively just a system which measures the degree of utilization of the different sides of your mind and how easily you can use them and how quickly they drain you? Yes, there's actually an angle with the um, with the big five uh, that you could do with it. The problem with the big five, it's very nurtural. It's like a it's like a hybrid of nature and nurture. Um, but there is an algorithm that you can extract uh, applying each of the four sides of the mind uh, through a big five filter, and then you can actually get some really unique insights about subtypes. Uh, I like, like for example, I know everyone's talking about like assertive versus turbulent. I'm actually going to be doing an episode about assertive versus turbulent very soon. It's going to be a bonus episode of season 15 where we're going to be debunking assertive versus turbulent and why it's actually, it's bullshit. Uh, but, <laughs> but it's bullshit. It really is. Uh, but uh, be that as it may, um, uh, when we have that uh, lecture out. Uh, the, it's going to be along the same lines as to, you know, where does these subtypes actually come from? Because it really depends on the degree of development within the four sides of the mind. And we're actually going to be releasing a nurture test where you can actually measure your nurture. Uh, uh, and you run it alongside measuring your nature. And then by measuring your nurture, you actually are able to see uh, your level of happiness. You're also able to see your level of um of uh, maturity. Now, obviously, these metrics are completely subjective. Fair enough. And uh, obviously, you'd probably want to take the test to kind of see how it changes over time. Uh, and it's kind of going to be in the same direction as the self-authoring program, uh, the various self-authoring programs that you see available on the internet today. But, uh, or self-mentoring program, as they call it. I, I don't know the technical terminology that they have, but uh, it is something that uh, we're working on. Uh, but when those two tests come together, you'll actually have a more complete picture. And imagine that, because if you're able to measure your nurture and actually be somewhat accurate, like even if the test is not 100% accurate, that's fine. Ballparking, I'm cool with ballparking in nurture land, because we don't exactly have enough data input to be able to measure nurture yet. I'm, I'm working on that as well. One of the technologies that will be coming out after a few of our mobile apps are out will be specifically nurture, and then we'll be able to make that data available to users so they could see where in relation to each other is their happiness level as well as where their maturity level is, right? So that's kind of, you know, something that we'll be working on. So, uh, yeah, fair enough. Uh, what's next? All right. And that comes down to that infographic that we have prepared to show up. So giant, last question to start off with. The giant yep. 
the giant infographic. Okay, Periani, if you're going to make us amazing infographics like you make us, like, because they're dope, uh, please make sure that they fit on the screen, <laughs> just to throw that out there. Um, but yeah, let's, uh, let's see if it'll pop up here. Ah, there it is. I hope everyone can see this. So uh, basically, he's asking a question with this infographic. So given this, and he's talking about cognitive axes, we have the perception axes and the judgment axes, uh, is also this objective input versus subjective input. I'm not entirely sure I agree with objective versus subjective there. Um, and then subjective input versus objective input, um, I'm, I'm not entirely sure, I think. I think NISE might actually be accurate, but uh, objective versus subjective might be backwards with NE and SI. I would maintain that SI is actually a bit more objective input on that side. And then, uh, and then also the inputs and outputs themselves, I don't necessarily agree on either. Because like, for example, um, uh, maybe I should actually just write it down on the whiteboard here. I think that's what I'm gonna do. And can everyone like see? Okay, yeah, we can see a little bit. Uh, yeah, we'll write under the five. Okay, so, okay, so, all right. So remember we have TE as our input and then, uh, and then we have TI as our process and then we have um, FE as our output and then we have FI as our feedback. So feedback is here. All right, and then process for TI. Okay, so then, uh, and this is how the information flows. It goes through here, and then all the way back. And it's a loop. This is a system. I learned about this stuff in like systems analysis class. This is actually probably the only thing I remember from college other than game theory. But uh, <laughs> they, didn't tell it, they didn't tell it to us in the context of cognitive functions. So TE is input. I'm very logical. TI users, they're... They're brilliant. They can think their way through things. The problem is it doesn't matter how smart or intelligent you are with your processor, with your TI, because if the input you start with your entire logical tree is completely inaccurate and a complete waste of time, which when I learn something new, because I'm being given proper input, like for example, uh, recently I've been uh, getting some good input on uh, on food health. It's uh, it's giving me a lot of additional research uh, to check out. I just bought a bunch of books. I'm gonna be reading all of those. Uh, I'm changing my input so that my TI process is being improved so I can get an output that I'm looking for, which is FE. And then hopefully uh, I can get a good feedback from the person who's been assisting me from a food research standpoint just so that I can have some improvement in my life because I need it. And then as a result of that, it just starts all over again. This is an excellent thing. Now, I'm a TIFE user, so like in a friendship or a relationship, I'm really providing just this piece, the middle. Uh, and then uh, all the other areas need to be covered by somebody else, essentially. So that's that entire loop right there. So when Periani in this infographics talking about inputs and outputs, I don't necessarily agree with how he has the functions in that area because I would maintain that they need to follow this model and not the model that he has. But he is putting it versus subject subjectivity versus objectivity. Um, so I think him and I would probably need to have a private conversation and go over this uh, model a little bit more and then uh, go and put it through like subjectivity and objectivity to actually have an idea. Uh, now, moving forward, it says when frame is quadras, I'm gonna try to move it around here so we can actually see it better. Uh, let's see here, alpha, <coughs> beta, gamma, delta. Um, yeah, 
Alpha Quadra, just saying. Um, and uh, I actually, I, I really like Gamma Quadra a lot. Um, so, and to what extent can we assume this? Alpha types, uh, the most reliable uh, to get unbiased feedback. Uh, no, no, I, I, again, without it following this system right here, this basic system, I, I can't, I can't say that I agree with the contents of this infographic. This infographic is fantastic. We just need to make some adjustments, adjustments to it as long as it's following this model right here, and then it would be more accurate to uh, convey uh, something. So Periani is providing me input. I'm processing it. Ti says no. Here's the output. That's no. And then he he will give me feedback, and then we'll be able to work on this further and get this infographic up uh, where it needs to be. So I think that's going to uh, be how we are uh, going to be moving forward with that. So thank you, Periani, for putting together these amazing infographics, uh, which, by the way, Jab, we should probably make his first one available uh, to everyone because that uh, infographic uh, is outstanding. That, that first one he made, it was, yeah. it was really dope. Yeah, I mean, maybe if we were to make the, like, I'm not sure about the permissions, but if we made some of the patron Q&A sections read only for everyone else, so they can still see the questions and see the infographics that he posts with his questions. Um, maybe that's something we could do in the future. But yeah, that's all the platinum questions. Let's go awesome. to the. Yeah, let's go to the. Let's uh, go to the. Patreon Q and A. <clears throat> all right. So. I had just revisited the video on functional emulation for cognitive sensors. And I feel that I have a general grasp on emulation through the combination of applicable cognitive functions. However, the combination of SE and NI to emulate SI seems counterintuitive given that SE is physics in the moment and NI is future orientated. With that said, does SE NI emulate SI due to be NI being a perceiving function and SE being a sensitive function that when combined demonstrates loyalty and the receiving of experience? Thanks. That's an excellent question. Um, so, all right. Uh, gosh, I need to uh, like my my eraser is uh, is gone. That's uh, that's terrible. Okay. Uh, hand. Yeah, I guess I'm just gonna use my hand. That's why uh, God invented sinks <laughs> with uh, soap, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Yeah, so it looks like crap, but whatever. I mean, SC demon. <laughs> All right, so from an emulation standpoint. All right, so from an emulation standpoint, um, NI plus SE can become SI for a momentary time. Why is that? Um, incoming anime reference. Full Metal Alchemist, right? Equivalent trade, right? It's not actually technically equivalent trade because for some reason they always end up screwing themselves when they're using the uh, Deus Ex Machina plot device transmutation through alchemy, right? Uh, but basically this is an alchemic reaction. Uh, you see something very subjective in the metaphysical world that you want. It's willpower, right? The thing is, is that willpower gives you the ability to select the uh, ideal path that you could see in uh, the metaphysical. And you're like, okay, the ideal path at this point is for me to produce some loyalty. 
you grab that information, you throw it in extroverted sensing, and you mix it together, basically, and you can throw out an SI introverted sensing output. Why? You first have to observe in the metaphysical land with your introverted intuition exactly what it is you want. And that means it has to be influenced by an external source. What is that external source that it's being influenced? Introverted sensing itself. Actually, that's wrong. It's expert intuition. But I don't think anyone can actually see that behind the, uh, the uh, microphone. But so expert intuition, which is feeding the NI, so metaphysics is providing the NI the information, and then it's going into extroverted sensing. They're mixing together, and they're able to produce SI or make an SI user comfortable, and they actually produce loyalty in another person. But they can actually appear loyal. How is that? The reverse. If you're going the opposite direction, it's not that way. If you're going the opposite direction, they're actually absorbing the loyalty of the other person. And then because they're observing, absorbing that loyalty, because they're consuming the loyalty, they themselves become loyal, right? So if they are around, this NISE user, if they are around loyal people, they're absorbing all of those people's sense of loyalty. And for a limited time, they're able to behave loyally themselves because everyone around them is loyal, basically. If they're around a lot of SI users. And they can appear like an SI user for a limited time to other SE users, right? And then those other SE users end up thinking that they're loyal. And I don't know how many times I've heard INFJs or ENFJs saying, I am super, super loyal, or NJs in general saying, I'm a really loyal person. I'm like, yeah, you're loyal because you probably haven't been betrayed that much in your life. Let's be honest, you know, because they're around loyal people, healthy, loyal people, right? which enables them as NI plus ESE users to be loyal and healthy themselves, basically, right? So that's that's what's happening, okay? So uh, that's how I'd answer that question, Jab. Jab? And I left my microphone muted for some reason. Oh, anyway, okay, sorry, I thought I you were getting an important phone question. call for a second there. No, 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 no. Okay. Uh, you'll hear it if I get the important the, phone the, call. Uh, the Australian uh, uh, secret police was on to you. Uh, so that's too exactly. bad. Anyway, hi Chase. What project are you most excited for in the near future for your company? Uh, the um, um, anything dating related. Actually, uh, in the immediate future, we're releasing something called Eight Simple Rules, which is going to be uh, something really cool uh, where given a certain context uh, when Eight Simple Rules comes out. And yes, it's a spin off of that one uh, famous television show. Uh, but uh, when Eight Simple Rules comes out, uh, it will basically be the first uh, wave of battle cards regarding type uh, that you could utilize with a certain social context. So imagine a social context, and that could be sales, that could be parenting, uh, that could be um, sexuality. Uh, it could be uh, friendship, whatever. Any kind of human interaction, each different co uh, context has a set of eight rules. Um, and we might also have 16 rules, actually. I'm thinking about doing 16 rules. It's, so it's more of like a needs versus wants, et cetera, from a, a Frederick Nietzsche standpoint. 
And then you have uh, all those rules per type, basically per social situation as battle cards that we're gonna be making available. Uh, it's gonna be absolutely amazing. And I have written, I've handwritten so many of those in my coaching sessions and like given them out to people uh, and customized them to people, their individual situations. So I'm actually gonna create general battle cards and just be like, you get a battle card and you get a battle card. Everyone gets a battle card, right? And then all of a sudden they actually have all like, right, you know what I mean? Yeah, well, I mean, we just did the Oprah thing, right? So I, I was inspired, you know, because obviously I have, I, I, I'm an ENFJ because my, my, my intuition is so external that the, that the test can figure it out. And I'm obviously an ENFJ. No, it, she's actually an ESFJ, but whatever. I, mean, I am. All right, next question. How to alleviate the fears of an ESTJ who perceives that he is losing control of... Oh, can you, I want to. I want to bring that up. Let's see here. Let's see if I bring it up on my side. I want to read that directly. How to alleviate fears of an ESTJ who perceives that he is losing control over. So, if an ESTJ thinks he's losing losing control over things, how can you calm him down? How do you calm an ESTJ down? Um, basically help him get control, help him get things under control again, remove as much chaos as possible. Uh, if his routine has been completely destroyed, you need to build a new routine basically and help him create healthy habits. Otherwise, if it's absolute chaos, he's going to start creating routine, but that could uh, include unhealthy habits. And then as a result of that, they're going to be screwed over for a very long time due to said unhealthy habits. Not something I'd recommend. So... Mm -hmm. All right, what's next? Okay. Next. All right, so this one might be a little bit long, but I think if we break it down in terms of cognitive functions, we can do it a lot quicker. So what's the best way to ch uh, cheer up each type? Um, the best way to cheer up each type, and yes, I know there's a super chat. We will get to it. We have to uh, remember we have our format priority here. We'll, we're, we're getting to the super chats. It's number three, and we already got one done. We're on number two right now. Um, so uh, how to cheer each type up the best. Uh, basically, you want to uh, be a supporter to their inferior function as much as possible and also their child function. Just target their child and their inferior, uh, and that is the gateway to uh, making almost any type happy, basically. And that's, that's as simple as I can answer that question. Perfect. Um, all right, now this one's a bit longer. Does NI Hero include knowing what they want to do in every moment? I feel like I know what I want in life, but sometimes when friends over the internet ask me to spend time with them, I'm not always sure what I want to do. Scenario, friend, hey, want to hang out? Me, sure. Friend, what do you want to do? Me, I don't know. Well, uh, the friend, what? what do you want to do, uh, is basically the friend like saying, saying, hey, want to hang out? Okay, it was established that they're going to hang out. What do you want to do? It's more like, what do you want to do now? So it actually doesn't become an NI situation anymore. It becomes an SE situation. And SE inferior is a bit more insecure. So, cause I don't know what to do because it's more like they're saying, I don't know what I want to do right now because I don't know how you would react to what I would want. So I'd rather hear what you would think is a good experience before I offer suggestions further. And that's how that's working. And, uh, her mind as she's asking that question so 
she actually, because the human language is very lazy with conveying cognitive functions appropriately, it's missed that, that uh, third sentence, what do you want to do? It's actually, what do you want to do now? Question mark. And that's an SE question. Right. right. Okay. So that's actually just uh, SE inferior. Yeah. Being not wanting to give them a bad experience, so they're unsure as to how to proceed when it comes to choosing what they should do when they hang out. Um, and then, uh, and and do I think whether or not uh, she has anti hero? I do believe she has anti hero, hand, hands down. So no problem on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. She has another one, I think. Yeah, she does. Okay. What does an INFJ demon look like? What about ISTJ? So I think and what she's asking is. Um, um, it's very self-destructive. That's what it looks like. It's extremely self-destructive, or it's going to seek out justice at the expense of others, regardless of the collateral damage. Or when, when they are being uh, self-destructive, because INFJs integrate themselves so much with other people that when they go demon mode with their superego, because they're so integrated, when they do self-destruction, it actually causes harm to people, the people closest to them. And I had an INFJ ex-girlfriend at one point in time, and she went SI demon mode. She thought that like I wasn't paying enough attention to her, like her SE inferior was that, and she imagined that I was being disloyal to her. So you know what she started doing? She started cutting herself in front of me, basically. Yeah, what 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 a great thing to do to FE child, just start cutting yourself. Uh, yeah, she made her way quickly into the dumpster after that. Yeah, not down for that whatsoever. Like I have no patience for that. No. So that's just one example. Uh, SI Demon is very self-destructive and it always has collateral, collateral damage because the people that, because INFJs integrate themselves so much with other people, when they light themselves on fire, it's going to burn those that they are connected to the most. And it's absolutely horribly selfish. Uh, or they're seeking out and meeting out justice and it doesn't matter and they don't care if they destroy the world to, or others in order to get to that one person because, and again, it's just like that, mm -hmm. that pure form of selfishness, you know, that uh, a pure form of depravity, self-destructive depravity uh, through SI Demon. Okay, and she also asks, what about ISTJ? I'm guessing that means ISTJ Demon. Yeah, that's, that's what that means. Okay. All right, next question comes from Runic Knight. Oh, I haven't seen INTP. INTP, struggling with discerning people's intentions. Any tips for how to be able to verify which friends actually have my back and who I'm wasting my time on? Most of my friends are either INFP, INFJ, or ENFPs. I don't seem to enjoy being around other types, or perhaps I'm just overthinking, and it's my natural distrust that's making me paranoid. Okay, so uh, you can't really verify loyalty as an INTP. You just can't, uh, because... Um, um, because you have SE Trickster. I mean, I, I can't. I have SE Demon. So the only way for NTPs to verify loyalty to other people is get NTJs into their life or even N NJs. Just get NJs in, their, in your life. Uh, and NJs value loyalty more than all of the other types. And have conversations with them. Tell them about your friends. Tell them about the people that you're concerned about whether or not they're loyal or not. They will be able to tell you. You got to go to an SE user to find out. And even that SE user may even be willing to do a loyalty check on your behalf. That's cool. I've actually had that happen to me before, uh, seeing a loyalty check done on my behalf towards somebody that I wasn't sure if they were loyal or not. It's like some kind of uh, loyalty check canary trapping. 
uh, like use canary traps <laughs> to catch spies or to see it, determine if people are um, are uh, disloyal. And you have this other SE user become your cat's paw. If you don't know what the cat's paw is, you need to look that up. Uh, it's um, it's part of the forty eight laws of power. And they become your cat's paw and they do a loyalty check on your behalf basically and quite frankly that's the only surefire way for an ntp or even an nfp to verify if someone else is loyal to you that's like the only way so awesome okay um do you believe that depression slash manic depression exists yeah absolutely uh i dealt with huge amounts of depression as a small child which probably led to my obesity uh when i was like 300 pounds like i weighed 287 when i was 14 like that's like terrible um uh, and uh, yeah that, yeah you know uh yeah depression is huge. definitely a thing uh and the types that feel depression the most uh would be infjs and infps statistically uh uh but for in terms of quadras go um, NFJ, STP quadra, STJ, NFP quadra um, would be uh, the types that feel depression the most uh, compared to others. Uh, the uh, NTJ, SFP, and the SFJ, NTP uh, quadras do not feel depression as often, um, although they can, it's just not as bad. Um, with uh, so yeah, but with um, INFJs and INFPs being the absolute uh, worst because they're just so idealistic and reality is not ideal and it really struggles. And not only that, it also depends on culture because if you have an NF temperament culture, it's not as bad. I mean, there you know, so um, you can look at uh, some NF uh, related cultures inside uh, in in Europe basically. Uh, whereas if they end up in the United States and it's an SJ culture, it's just like ah, you know, uh, not exactly ideal uh, at all. So awesome, cool. I think we're I think we're done with the Patreon questions at this point. Um, yeah, I think somebody's planning on pasting one in to get one through, but in the meantime, we can just move on to the super chat until we see a fresh one. Let's do it. Let's um, do it, Jeff. All right. So Max G ninety four. Sorry for the wait, good sir. But he asks, why are male ENXPs betas at best? Is They're... this the case even when consistent self-development work? Yes, this is consistent. Conor McGregor, an ENFP, for some reason thinks he's an alpha male. Like, he's not. I'm sorry. He is not. He is a beta. <laughs> like, he can go get over himself. He is seriously a beta. The reason why is, is because ENPs... Um, ENTPs, ENFPs, we have the power to gain the world. We do not have the power to keep it. And one of the best examples of that is Littlefinger from Game of Thrones. He has the power to gain the world, uh, even even potentially gain the Iron Throne. Good luck keeping it, because as soon as he gets it, he's going to be betrayed and killed. Because he had to lie, cheat, and steal his way to get there. SE Demon does not really make other people loyal because he's showing that he is disloyal so why is anyone going to be loyal if he's disloyal himself right it's a catch-22 and he's a freaking hypocrite and that's the problem you have to re be willing to sacrifice your ethics for the sake of megalomania as an ENTP you have to be willing to uh, sacrifice your morals uh, and both types have to sacrifice their loyalty for the sake of megalomania to basically take over the world and they absolutely can they can take over the world. It almost happened a few times with ENPs. The problem is, they're starter types. They always fizzle out in the end. 
They're not alphas. They're not made for power. ENTPs are not made for power. ENFPs are not made for power. They are made for influence, okay? So at best, they could be the beta in the wolf pack, but they are not the alpha. The alpha, though, is married to the wolf pack. They can't leave the wolf pack. They stay with the wolf pack. They stay with the village. They run the village. They are the village. They are to be respected as such. The ENP, though, is a pathfinder. Pathfinders are shaman. Shaman, they lead through influence, not power, like the chief does, you know? So because of their influence, they can become very strong spiritual leaders, motivational speakers, like, you know, Tony Robbins, et cetera, who is an ENP, right? And as a result of that, uh, we find ourselves in like, oh, hey, you know, you're a... You know, you're a beta. He's like, yeah, sure. But I'm the strongest beta. I'm the shaman. I'm just as respected as the chief of the village. The thing is, is that unlike the chief of the village, I can leave this village and go to the next village and just be as just as respected there because of my influence, right? That's the real difference between ENPs and, you know, why they're betas and not alphas. Alphas, being the alpha, takes a lot of responsibility. And that's why STPs and NFJs can get away with being alphas, but SFJs and NTPs cannot. They are forever betas. And that's just how it goes. Um, and it's not a bad thing. Like, it's not. And besides, NTP, SFJs, they're more feminine anyway because they, their psyches are closer to the yin and not the yang. Whereas NTJs and S... Uh, or, um, yeah, um... NTJs are more close to the yang, right? Or um, uh, NFJs are closer to the yang. And, uh, and then you have ESTPs and ESTJs and ISTJs and ISTPs closer to the yang. But, 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 so they're more masculine, right? So just keep that in mind. ENPs, they're yin, they're feminine, they're not alphas. They can, get, they can take the world, they can take the throne, but then they're done. This is, and there was, and actually, like, you could look in history. Uh, the Spider King of, um, of France, look him up. He was an ENP. He knew what to do to keep his throne. But ultimately, it's not, it's not sustainable. You know, now, if he could get, if he's loyal to a few people and utilizes leadership, and leadership is transferring power to other human beings, that's all it is, is transference of power, and then trusting them, and holding them accountable for that power that is given to them, okay, you could make an argument that because he's got a bunch of NTJs around him, he may still be able to be the king, but he's still not the alpha. He just has alphas working for him. He's still a beta. He's just exuding that influence. Influence is the true power of the ENP because they're basically shaman pathfinders, whereas chiefs, you know, ENTJs, for example, or whatever, uh, those more yang types, they're the alphas, ESTPs, you know, uh, and they need to be respected as such. The thing is, is that they can't leave from village to village. They're trying to create their own village. That's the difference. Whereas at least ENPs as the shaman can bow out and just get out if things get bad or if they start being disrespected by the chief. They can leave and no one's going to, you know, not care as much. This is often why ENPs find themselves being super independent, especially ENTPs, because who's willing to listen, right? Like who really is willing to listen? So that's that's kind of it's uh, kind of. Do you think I covered that question well enough, Jeb? Yes, yeah, pretty good. Cool. Got another super chat. <clears throat> Let's make sure I didn't accidentally miss it. 
It was from Gamtau again. Gamtaru, sorry. And he asks, What would the geek slash nerd with FI hero look like when compared to a geek slash nerd with TI hero? Uh, it's basically just principles. Um, they create like laws or processes that they follow, and those laws and processes can be actually potentially brilliant. Uh, you just look at uh, the INFP Robert Greene. Uh, he's an amazing academic. He's no intellectual, but he's an academic. Uh, FI Hero has the ability to think with as much sharpness as TI Hero, but again, remember, it's uh, the model's not here anymore, but it's feedback-based, whereas TI is all about processing, processing data, processing the input, whereas uh, FI is all about providing that immediate feedback to things, right? And they make decisions based on their feedback primarily. They see everything around. They see the uh, the output of the world, the output of reality, and they're like, I don't like that, or I do like that, and they filter everything out based on that. So feedback is a filter, and as much as processing data with TI is also a filter. It's just a different kind of filter. They're the two filters, whereas uh, input and output are what support those filters, etc. It's just that feedback is at the end of the loop, whereas uh, uh, TE is the input and it's the beginning of the loop, basically. But then again, you could argue that any of those could be the beginning or the end, depending on the situation. And it's just like a little clock thing that you could turn, you know, as needed, basically. So, yeah. Okay. Um, that covers all the super chats so far. Let me double right. check that we don't have any fresh patron questions. No. All right. Regular question time. No, FI is not an extroverted function, uh, Lin Yenchen. It's an introverted function. It's just it seems it can be extroverted because of extroverted thinking, because the feedback that it's providing is fueling the input that is being provided to others, TE input. Hi Chase, I was an INTP pilot for 10 years. The many ISTPs I flew with were much better at memorizing checklists and emergency procedures than me, even though SI is my third function and SI is their sixth function. Does that mean that Socionics right that the fifth and sixth... Does that mean Socionics is right about the fifth and sixth functions? Though unconscious are actually stronger than the third and fourth functions of the subconscious? Uh... <clears throat> I think he means of the ego. That, yeah, I don't. I, I need more context or him to ask the question in a different way. But uh, right. I, I I would say though I'm gonna give it a I'm gonna give it a shot anyway. Um, Do you want me to try reword it as to how I perceive the question? Yeah, go for it. All right. So he's an INT pilot for ten years, and he's found that ISTPs were much better at memorization with regards to checklists and emergency procedures. Now okay, he's saying that SI topic. is. I don't know if that's true. Okay. Okay. Well, the, the point he's trying to make is that SI is his third function, whereas SI is the sixth function of ISTPs. Okay. And but ISTPs would technically be better pilots anyway because they have, with procedures, because they have instruments that are physically in front of them and their memories are stored in the physical world. The, the instrument panel that they have in the cockpit itself literally is a giant totem to the ISTP and they have, and it's a parent function versus the child function, which has long-term memory uh, in the INTP. Of course, the ISTP pilot's going to be better at remembering stuff, provided mm -hmm. that none of these people are mistyped. 
So Right. I mean, you'd think an INTP being an, a systematic type with decent SI would be really good at standard operating procedures. But, yeah, that makes me think there might be a mistype going on. Um, Alright, let's go to the next question. How can I, as an INFP, train myself to not be a doormat? As an INFP? Uh, don't give your sympathy just to anyone. Only be sympathetic to people that you should be loyal to. And don't just be loyal to anyone. Uh, and uh, otherwise, if you put your loyalty in the wrong person, they're going to take advantage of your sympathy. And they're going to use their guilt tactics to extract sympathy from you, which will cause you to basically be their slaves for like a long time and put your reputation in line. They'll even blackmail you by threatening your reputation to get you to do what they want. Uh, which is horrible and could lead you to going super ego randomly at any given time. You just go like freaking ISTP demon and uh, not allowing anyone else to have any ideas because only your ideas are true. And then you're going to behave and make all those decisions yourself without any input from other people or providing input from other people without any uh, process or output from other people. It's just that's it. You're just going to make all the decisions yourself and don't care the consequences and live in the moment bad idea and that's extremely harmful to everyone around you yeah like don't do that like that you that you'd be taking a, a chainsaw basically and uh, chainsawing things that should not be chainsawed if you know what i mean so yeah don't uh don't find yourself in that situation guard your heart do not allow yourself to be loyal to just anyone do not um do not allow anyone to try to extract sympathy out of you until you at least suss them out if you need help sussing them out, find yourself NFJs or STPs especially to help you. The best STP that I would recommend uh, for that, definitely um, definitely ESTPs because that FE child and that SE hero combined together, it's like the ultimate loyalty check and the ultimate value check. Oh, does this person have values? No, they don't have any values. And they're like, they're weak. And why are you putting your loyalty in that person? Why are you being sympathetic to such a weak person? Oh, you're being sympathetic because they're weak. Okay, the problem is, is that that's making you weak as well because you're effectively enabling them with their sympathy. And you're actually keeping them weak while simultaneously weakening yourself. And you're literally creating a lose-lose situation, INFPs. Stop doing it. That's why yeah. ESTPs and relationships with INFPs is actually a very good thing, and I actually recommend it for sure. Perfect. Okay. 